Hey there, welcome to Shoot the Flick. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we are a married couple who like to shoot the shit about movies. That we do. That we do. And this week, Scott has shown me a movie that is quite popular and that I haven't ever seen and that I probably will get some flack for not seeing. But that's okay. Scott, what did you show me this week? Well, I showed you a movie starring an Oscar-winning actor. Oh, my. I showed you a movie that is fun. We watched The Mummy. Released in 1999. This year, it celebrates its 25-year anniversary. And, uh, it's still a good time. Yeah, I definitely had fun with it. I don't know. I feel like part of me got a little, like, overhyped just by the sheer popularity of the film. It it was fun, but, like, I I couldn't help but feel like it was kind of a diet Indiana Jones. Well... Brendan Fraser's The Mummy, Laura Croft, Nathan Drake, all those characters are all Indiana Jones knockoffs. (laughs) But yeah, this was fun. I feel like it's pretty much carried completely by Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz. Because they they have a cute chemistry together and Brendan Fraser especially has like a a really good screen presence and has some great one-liners in there and... That's always fun. Well, he has always stood out as a very fun actor to watch. When you like watch old things like Encino Man. And ah, yes, we did a review of Encino Man on our show. Yes, Encino Man, Airheads, yeah. George of the Jungle. He's just a fun guy. And now it's kind of interesting to watch all these movies where he's like this dramatic actor now. And you're like, this is a weird change. <laughs> Yeah, you kind of don't know now what Brendan Fraser is going to do, which is kind of interesting because he had his comeback last year with The Whale. He could go either way now. He could pretty much do whatever the hell he wants to do and people will probably watch it. And he has said that he would go back to this franchise, although I don't know in what capacity he could come back. It's not like he can run around being an action star anymore. I mean, I, I get that Harrison Ford did. And he's 80 years old. But at the same time, like, did anyone really want Harrison Ford to come back running around at 80 years old? No. No. But it'll be fun to see, like, what Fraser does next, I think. And just to think about him coming back to The Mummy, I don't know if we need that because the third Mummy was not a good movie. Um, Right. So explain this to me because I've only seen this one now. I haven't seen any of the sequels or spinoffs or anything like that. But I I did see that there is a movie called The Mummy Returns, which came yes. out two years after this one. Indeed. Apparently, the studio called for the sequel, like, right after this movie came out because it was so successful. But I, I did not have a late night 3 a.m. viewing of The Mummy. Mummy Returns. But I did quickly read the synopsis, and I found it strange that although it's released two years after this one... In the sequel, apparently, Rick O'Connell and Evie have an eight-year-old child. Yes. So I was like, so <laughs> two years after this movie came out, they came out with another movie. And it's only two years later, so Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weiss look exactly the same, except now they have an eight-year-old. <laughs> and I was just like, 
yeah, okay, that doesn't sound or probably look strange. All right. Hollywood. Sure, okay. <laughs> it's more like a soap opera, but all right. But yeah, they have that one, and then they have Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, which... Well, didn't... Because The Rock is in the second one, right? The Rock is in the second one for like five I, seconds. Yeah, I know there's like a really bad thing, a CGI thing mm-hmm. that he does. Yeah. And then they do a spinoff of that. Yes. The Scorpion King. Because I know you've told me about the Scorpion King. I have to watch the Scorpion King. I'm not watching it. I'm not doing it. I can already tell. I'll watch the second I'll watch Mummy Returns eventually at some point, just out of curiosity. But like... I think after that, I'll be good. Because the only thing that makes this movie good, good is Brendan Fraser. And I don't think he's in any of the other ones, right? Uh, other than one and two. He's in one, two, and three. Oh, he is in three. Yes. There's a Wait, so what's the third one called? Uh, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. I don't even have that in my notes. <laughs> yeah, you don't need Where, to. When is that from? 2016. What? Wait, hold on a second. Hold on. There's a whole ass third movie released in 2016. I think it's 2016. I might be wrong. Hold on. We're going to do some quick searching. Dragon. Okay. The Mummy Tomb of the... Oh, he is in it. Oh, it's 2008. (laughs) You were way off. 2016. I'm like, what are you talking about? Okay. 2008. Oh, so she's not in it. No, she's replaced by another actress and everyone. Was oh, like, she's she's playing the same character. Yes. It's, it's just another actress. Interesting. Yeah, I, I don't. I think everybody was like when we saw we were like, why? why oh, and it's just... like really bad. OK, it's got like really yeah. bad reviews. This one. Let me just read the synopsis really quick. Archaeologist Rick O'Connell travels to China, pitting him against an emperor from a 2000 year old Han dynasty who's returned from the dead to pursue da, 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 da. so it's just the mummy but in china yeah I, I think most people who like the mummy are like okay we're good we don't need a third one well that never stops anybody no it never stops anybody hell scorpion king has i think four sequels that don't Jesus have the rock christ okay hollywood really knows how to beat a franchise to death well yeah you get one little modicum of success and then you're like we can just keep going and going oh god and going um so let's get to some preliminary fun facts so we can get into the nitty-gritty here so the movie was written and directed by steven summers who also did the sequel he also was behind movies like odd thomas van helsing uh gi joe rise of cobra all those type things a lot of horror directors were offered or considered for um this movie including clive barker who did Hellraiser, we got mm-hmm. Joe Dante, George Romero, Wes Craven. So it seemed like at least at some point we were really going for the horror elements of it. Yeah, And, and there are horror elements in this, but maybe it's just because we're in the late 90s and the CGI is very late 90s CGI. Oh, yeah. So any horror, real horror elements kind of get drowned out by just the shitty 90s CGI, which is apparent from the beginning. But like it's to be expected, I guess, at this point. Yeah, it's kind of something you accept when you get like 98, 99, 2000, 2001. Right. I mean, it's unfortunate, I think, because I I feel like, you know, if you were going for like a horror comedy, horror adventure type thing, that's all fine and dandy. But usually, I've noticed, at least in watching movies, and I'm not as much of a horror aficionado as you, Scott, but I've noticed that, like, 
generally speaking, when it's more practical, the effects in horror movies, it's just better all around. It's better for longevity. It's better for just realism in the movie. Well, yeah, of course. If you have more realistic effects, yeah, it tends to last longer. But again, at the time, you have a new technology that's becoming like, oh, we can use this and do crazy things. Oh, right. Well, of course. I mean, this movie was also nominated for an Oscar for Best Sound and lost to The Matrix. Yeah. So this was also the time of The Matrix. And yeah, so it's it's we're very heavy on visual effects. But also, as much as this is considered a horror, it's only because the original Mummy from 1932 is a horror movie. Correct. This is an adventure movie with mummies. This isn't like... Right, yeah. I, I would never say anything from this movie is scary. No, but again, I, I think that's partially because of the shitty effects. And also, it, clearly they, they shifted focus at some point. Because they went from considering a lot of infamous horror directors to helm this movie. And then just... Stephen Summers was just like, fine, I'll do it myself. So, yeah. I mean, there are definitely horror elements, like I said. I mean, the fucking Necronomicon is in this movie. But, yeah, I, I was sort of scared. If you wanted to do, like, a horror scale, this is on the very low end of the scale. Sure. I would say, like, Killer Clowns is more horror than this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. But it, it was very popular, this movie, like I said, it's got an average score on Letterboxd of 3.5 out of 5 stars. With a budget of $80 million, about a quarter of which was spent on the visual effects, by the way. Uh, we have a worldwide gross of $416 million. So, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense that we kept going. Uh, it, in my mind, it's a very kind of turn your brain off movie and like, oh, look, look how hot 90s fucking Brendan Fraser is. Oh, look, what a funny, funny guy. It's it's basically in, in modern Indiana Jones. Yeah, he, he is a modern Indiana Jones. Rick O'Connell is Indiana Jones. Evie is Marion. Yes. At some points, this guy that just met this woman like what a week ago maybe clearly cares more about her than her own brother <laughs> in the movie we'll talk about that yeah um but yeah so are we ready to get into the nitty and the gritty sure well we start in egypt because this whole movie takes place in egypt what really where the mummies live you don't say <laughs> you don't say uh and we get our backstory this is probably the weakest part of the movie, this big fucking ex exposition dump, basically. Yeah, I don't mind it. It's just really long. And I, it reminded me at a certain point that I, I did try to watch this movie once many moons ago. But, like, I, I had given up very quickly. And I'll let you guys know exactly the point where I gave up and turned the movie off. But, yeah, this was kind of like, it was, it was a long exposition dump. It was kind of like, whatever. So, basically... Imhotep is the grand sorcerer of the pharaoh, but the pharaoh has a wife that no one can touch, but Imhotep is sleeping with her. Drama is drama. Pharaoh finds out. They kill the pharaoh. She kills herself. Imhotep tries to bring her back to life, but they take Imhotep, bury him alive, and stick a bunch of scarabs in his sarcophagus. 
Yeah, a bunch of clearly CGI bugs that just look like a big blob of nothing. I feel like that's something that very could have easily been done practically, but they just like, no, let's just make it with computer. Yeah. My other thing is, like, we're being told this by our main magi of the movie. So the magi are uh, people who have tried to keep Imhotep hidden for 3,000 years and so on and so forth. Um, This curse makes zero sense. Why would they take a person, curse him in this life and the next life, so that if he's brought back to life, he becomes super strong, nigh unkillable, and is would basically bring destruction to the entire world? <laughs> well, I think they were trying, I can only imagine anyway, that they were trying to dissuade other people from trying to resurrect him. I guess, but, you know... Like, all- if you bring this guy back, there will be a bajillion plagues upon our country, and you'll all die, and zombie mummies will walk the earth. Yeah, and it keeps happening. So we fast forward to 1923. Which I didn't know, actually. I, I did not know that this movie takes place in the 20s. Again, kind of gave me a little reminder of Indiana Jones. But yeah, like from everything I knew about the mummy, I didn't realize that it was set in the past. I thought it was modern day. Nope, the 20s. And we meet Rick O'Connell. Played by Brendan Fraser. So apparently Stephen Summers, our director, ended up casting Brendan Fraser for this movie after the success of George of the Jungle, which was two years before this one. And that makes sense because, you know, he's oily and hot and sexy in that movie. Uh, But he's also very sweet. And, you know, he's got that charming quality that looks really good on an adventurer. So makes sense. It definitely does. And he is in the middle of a war. And uh, his little friend next to him, Benny, runs away. Because that's what Benny does. Yeah, Benny's played by Kevin J. O'Connor. And he's just like a little rat-like motherfucker that just won't die. (laughs) That's that points also. He kind of sounds like he's doing like the Adam Sandler voice. You know, like He kind of sounds like that a little bit. And I'm like, is that your actual voice, dude? It all builds up with Benny to the point where you're like, when he finally gets his comeuppance, you're like, yes. Thank God. But yeah, this whole fight happens. Rick escapes basically because of the spookiness of the place they're fighting, which is Hamanoptra, the city of the dead. And uh, that's kind of where we start. Yeah, and at one point when Rick gets spooked by the spooky spooky place there's swirling sand everywhere and it's very spooky and scary and then all of a sudden there's this like big fucking like almost Voldemort-esque face in the sand and I was like oh I remember now this is where I turned the movie off <laughs> because I th- I probably and I, I could only try to put myself back in time but I would imagine that I watched like a 10 minute long like National Geographic documentary in the beginning that <laughs> like explained the fucking backstory. Then I watched literally just people running from sand for five minutes and then I saw a sand face and then I was like, OK, I'm not I'm not feeling this. And I turned it off. 
It's like when I told Frankie that I turned off It's a Wonderful Life before we even got to Jimmy Stewart. But yeah, I mean, the first thing you notice right off the bat, especially when you watch this movie now in modern day, is how terrible the CGI is. The worst thing about it is that because it's a late 90s movie that uses CGI, it doesn't just use it, it overuses it because it's very, you know, sure of itself in its coolness. Yeah, it... It's a tough time because these movies are fun to go back to, but then you sure. s- but then you sit there and you watch some of the things and you're like, oh, this is a rough time. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, with with certain things in late 90s CGI movies, early 2000s, whatever, some of them are still very good and st- they can still push through that if they have something good behind the CGI. And this movie definitely does to an extent... Like I said, it's got a lot of charm behind it. A lot of character, fun, comedy stuff. Indeed. So we fast forward to three years later. And we meet our other lead, Evie. Who's just a hot mess. Um, Hottest of mess. (laughs) She's played by Rachel Weisz, who I guess most recently, nerds of nerddom would remember her as Melina from Black Widow. But yeah, she's she's great in this movie. She's very cute. She's a ditz, but she's smart. Her parents were adventurers. Her mother was Egyptian, so she's very uh, connected to that country and their cultures and stuff like that. And she's really smart. She reminded me a lot of Marion, which did not help with the Indiana Jones comparisons. But she did remind me of Marion in the sense that she is in the adventure with Indy slash Rick O'Connell, but she toes that line between competence and damsel in distress. She's very intelligent, very savvy, but she also is a klutzy fucking hot mess. So it's like she's more realistic than I would say some other female characters in adventure movies might be oh indeed it's probably the reason most people don't regard the third one with any reverence because once she's gone it just doesn't feel right with fraser and i don't even remember the other actress's name Uh, who cares (laughs) it's just like oh but we invested in these two for two movies like why yeah it's kind of a bummer but yes, uh, we get Evie in the library, and um, I know they had to do this in one take, this library scene, because it was a pain in the ass to set up to have these fucking bookcases that Evie bumps into fall over each other. Yeah, they all... She's a librarian, and she's putting books away, and she reaches over to a farther shelf, knocks it over, and then all the shelves fall like dominoes, a rat, like the whole building. And I'm like, okay... I know this is supposed to set her up as like this klutzy klutz biggie, right? And like, oh, darn you. You're such a hot mess, lady. What what are we going to do with you? But like at the same time, you, you got to look at the guy who runs this museum place. And it's like, why did you set up your shelves like that? Also, why aren't they bolted <laughs> to the like, ground? Right. It's literally like a big circle of shelves. And they all just happen to perfectly align where if they fall over, they all hit each other in a big circle and it's like okay because usually i mean i don't know i i go to libraries sometimes usually they're all the shelves are in rows 
Yeah. So if one, God forbid, is knocked over, I mean, yes, they're also, I think, usually bolted to the ground. But let's say it's the 20s and they didn't think of that for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But like, yeah, why would you then curve your fucking shelves in a perfect domino setup where you know what i mean it's like she can be blamed i guess but not completely maybe split it like 80 20 (laughs) it's 80 percent her fault and 20 percent just whoever set the shit up yeah evie hears a sound and goes off into another exhibit in i guess this is a museum where we meet evie's brother jonathan who's played by john hannah a.k.a. not Peter Capaldi, a.k.a. not Ewan McGregor, because I didn't know this, but watching this movie, dude, every time I would not look at the screen and this guy would be talking, I would think it's Ewan McGregor on the screen. Like a young Ewan McGregor. He sounds like Ewan McGregor, and it was really pissing me off because if you listen to this show, you know I love some Ewan McGregor. Yes, and I was little. disappointed. I was like, every time I, I think that's Ewan McGregor, and it's not. It's a bummer. But also this, okay, the brother Jonathan is obviously there to be like comic relief, right? Like, oh, that's that mischievous scamp. If only he were hot like Rick O'Connell, he'd get all the ladies. But like in the beginning, they established the brother-sister relationship as being pretty strong. You know, they're both kind of screw-ups. But Jonathan says to Evie, he's like, oh, you've always got me. You've always got me, sis. And then it kind of devolves later in the movie. Like, he just turns into complete, like, fucking dingus. Yeah, Jonathan, he's not as bad in this movie. He gets worse as the movies go on. Great. <laughs> we have this brother-sister bond. It's kind of wisecracking, kind of, like, yes, they're two hot messes. But, like, Jonathan also is just a greedy fuck. <laughs> Yeah, and he he found this thing when he was out exploring or whatever. Oh, I think he said he was exploring, but really he was in prison. And he stole something from another prisoner, wink, wink, Rick O'Connell. And it's like this box with a key in it or something. I don't know. It's a fucking doohickey. It's a MacGuffin, whatever the fuck. Yeah. So Evie looks at this box thingy that Jonathan found, quote unquote. And she's like, oh, I think it's a clue to this big treasure thing. What's it called? Uh, it's 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 the City of the Dead. It's a- oh, Okay, cool. Big treasure. And she goes to the head librarian guy to, like, ask his advice. And <laughs> if you didn't think this movie was trying to be Indiana Jones before, the guy literally goes... God, don't be ridiculous. We're scholars, not treasure hunters. Okay, haven't you seen <laughs> Indiana Jones, sir? You could actually do both of those things at the same time well, if you want. Well, this is 1930s. They haven't seen Indiana Jones uh, yet. Yeah, okay, smartass. I'm being <laughs> facetious. Anyway. So Jonathan takes Evie to a prison, and we are reintroduced to Rick O'Connell. Yes, who's very scraggly. He's been in prison clearly for a, a little bit. <laughs> The warden is at one point of this prison is like, ah, yes, he uh, he apparently went to jail for having a good time. (laughs) He's been here for a while, so he must have had a really good time. Rick recognizes Jonathan and punches him in the face. As you should. Evie starts asking him questions. He goes, let's get with why you're really here. You want to know where Hamanoptera is? And she's like, do you know? He's like, yeah, I've been there. She goes, you swear? And he goes, every damn day. (laughs) I was like, that was a good one. Finally, she's like, 
what do you need me to do? And he kisses her and goes, get me the fuck out of here. So they're going to hang Rick O'Connell. Yes. Apparently this was a big incident on the yeah. set, right? Because he like lost consciousness uh-huh. in real life, Brendan Fraser. Yeah. There was a lot of uh, very scary things on the set. Apparently Stephen Summers took insurance out on everybody because there were people like being kidnapped outside the set and he didn't tell any of the actors to like later on. Oh, that's great. But yes, Brendan Fraser did pass out during the hanging scene because he was, you know, hanging. Yeah, I, I have in my notes that he needed to be resuscitated. So yeah, he definitely almost died. Fun. <laughs> they finally get the the guy who's hanging Brendan Fraser to like agree not to kill him and he'll, he'll get 25% of the treasure the treasure luckily that ends up not being an issue no it's not but yeah they get him to agree and then we cut to the next day where evie's like he's so rude and disgusting and then rick o'connell shows up again anybody i know and he is perfectly cleaned and quaffed now oh yes and we all get on the boat and we find out on this boat we are not the only ones looking for hominoptera Yes, Benny apparently weaseled his way out of there, and now he's leading a group of Americans out looking for the treasure. Yes. The Americans have names, but nobody really cares. Who cares? It's like three dudes and a doctor guy and Benny. That's pretty much all that matters. And what's hilarious really is in the beginning, their only purpose is to just be annoying to our heroes and to degrade rachel weiss at every chance they get (laughs) every time they're doing something the americans look over and it's like what are they doing over there and the doctor guy's just like oh they're being led by a woman they're in the shit who cares the woman's over there leading them they'll probably end up falling off a fucking cliff that's not what they say but that's basically what they say (laughs) but like rick talks to uh evie and they're talking about hominoptera and how you know it's evil evil and finally evie asked the question why did you kiss me and rick goes <laughs> which i think is a very reasonable answer it seemed like a good idea at the time <laughs> I, was, I was about to die so like you know whatever <laughs> i'm like all right that's fair enough she gets really offended by it but i'm just like if i were in that position i'd be like you know what that's fair there was a, there was another great line right before he's about to be hanged the guy goes, do you have any last request? And he goes, oh, loosen the noose and let me go. Yes. Yeah, like, oh. <laughs> and then the guy looks at the warden. He's like, he said he wants us to let him go. The warden's like, no, you fucking idiot. So the Magi attack the boat. And there's a whole big kerfuffle. Yeah, I mean, the, the Magi attack multiple times throughout the movie just to try to get them to leave. Because their goal is to protect the city of the dead but i do want to mention the leader of the magi ardith bay is played by oded fair who he's a bit of a character actor i know i've definitely seen him like on an episode of charmed at some point because when in doubt you know if there's a character actor in the late 90s early 2000s he's been on a fucking episode of charmed at Indeed. some point but he, he does good, too, in it. I feel like I kind of wanted to see more of him a little bit because he's also kind of hot. And it's just like, aw, I wish you were, like, 
cooler because then at one point he's in mortal danger too and i don't care because i don't fucking know him he's just a guy in a black robe and i'm like okay (laughs) that's the thing too like they have people here that you actually care about like you you have rick and and evie and jonathan but then they just throw in a random character at a random time and then we're supposed to care about them randomly when things happen and it's like oh like even the warden because the warden goes on their little adventure with them to find the treasure because he's you know he's in for 25 percent and then very quickly in this adventure he gets killed by bugs shocking but by that point he's like kind of been with the group for a minute so you're the movie makes it like they're supposed to care kind of and we don't care (laughs) Eh, we don't really care but you know what it's fine we only really care about our main three and then it's like everybody else is kind of okay which is fine so then why do we need other people (laughs) uh so the boat lights on fire everyone escapes barely uh jonathan does light a guy on fire by accident by bumping into him you know as does he do (laughs) accidentally set someone on fire they finally get to where they swim to where they need to be. There's a nice little funny exchange again with Benny and Rick. Hey! O'Connell! It looks to me like I've got all the horses! Hey, Benny! Looks to me like you're on the wrong side of the river! <laughs> I just love it. It's so much fun. So now it's a race to Hamanoptra on Camelback. Rick and Evie win. And Evie, you know, impresses Rick because she can make her camel go very fast. Yeah, she goes, dee, 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 or whatever the hell she says. It makes it go fast. And he's, like, turned on by a woman riding a camel, which, I mean, I've, you know, I've seen weirder kinks for people, so that's fine. But, <laughs> but like, yeah, they're, they're cute and stuff. So we all are digging at the dig site. Rick and Evie and Jonathan end up finding a sarcophagus. Oh, yeah, that was funny, too. That Because they say, uh, they're, like, looking at what it says on it, on the sarcophagus, to try to figure out who's in there. And Evie's like, ah, it says it belongs to he who must not be named. I was like, Voldemort! <laughs> Voldemort sarcophagus! I was like, I knew, see, when we were talking about the swirling sand faces and shit, I was like, I knew I got Voldemort vibes. It all makes sense now. No nose, it's fine. While this is all going on, the Americans have found the Book of the Dead. As you do. Yeah, they said the Book of the Dead, actually. And I was, like, very confused. I was like, oh, this is an Evil Dead movie now? It's all connected. Actually, I think one of the people that was considered originally to be Rick O'Connell was, weirdly enough, Bruce Campbell. Which would have been really kind of on the nose if (laughs) if that had happened. Yeah. He can't escape the Necronomicon no matter what he does. Not even a little bit. But I, yeah. think, I think Stallone was also considered too, which of course he was. Yeah. But can you just imagine, I just want you to imagine Sly Stallone. <laughs> I I mean, this would be more in his wheelhouse anyway. It's an action movie. but It is an action movie. I don't know. Like I, I'm trying to think of like an adventure movie he's done. And I really can't think of like an adventure movie. Because as much as this is action-packed, it, it's about the adventure. And then, of course, he would have to have connections with Rachel Weisz, and that was... Oh, God. Well, I mean, they're both good-looking people. I don't think that would have been the problem, necessarily. But, but could you ha- see him screaming across the river to Benny, you're on the wrong side of the river? Like, I, I don't know. I just don't see Stallone. Yeah, I mean, it would definitely would have been different. 
I mean, we had a who's who of like Hollywood leading guys in the '90s. We had like Leo in there, Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, uh, Tom Matt Cruise Damon. Would, uh, Tom Cruise would eventually do the 2017 movie. <laughs> oh yes! Oh, what a joy that would be. Uh, who we got? Affleck, Kurt Russell. Yeah, that makes sense. Matthew McConaughey would later do Sahara. Oh God! Even oh God, your your favorite Chris O'Donnell is considered apparently. <sighs> that would have been really bad. I'd rather have Sly Stallone than Chris O'Donnell. Oh. Can you picture fucking fucking nineteen ninety seven Robin whining? Betty, you're on the wrong side of the river. No, I can't imagine it. I don't want to. I don't want to. Let li- me get on my motorcycle. And let's go to Hamanaptra. In my mind, I'm like, I don't want to live in that universe. Oh, it's so gross. Like that's that's a, that's a universe I don't want to live in. You know, weirdly enough, though, back to Sly. Like, I think usually when we talk about cast could have been's it's like you know a whole list of guys, and then Sly Stallone and John Travolta. Or like Schwarzenegger, and they're like most left field fucking picks, and you're like, what? At least this one, I could see a universe where they did the mummy with Sly Stallone. It it would be an interesting thing. So we we're at Hamanaptra. Evie steals the Book of the Dead from the Americans. As you do, which okay, like this one, you can pretty much blame on her, right? Yeah, this one I would say is a hundo. Rachel Weiss. Oh, yeah, this is all her fault. So, yeah, she just takes the Book of the Dead, and she's like, no harm ever came from reading a book. And I immediately was like, haven't you seen Hocus Pocus, lady? Yeah, of course you can. Or, or Evil Dead. Or Evil Dead. But, like, still, it's like, come on, lady. No. No. Oh, also, before we she opens the book and reads it, we there is a scene before that where they're getting drunk together. Oh, that was cute, though. She was, like, tipsy as fuck, and she's like, I'm going to kiss you now. And I'm like, no, you're not, honey. You're about to pass out. <laughs> and she does. But they're very cute together. And he, he asks her, like, what are you doing out here? Like, they they actually, like, seem to, like, get to know each other a little bit in this scene. Yeah, because she, she talks about her father and her mother. He goes, I understand your parents. I even understand Jonathan. Right, because he's a greedy little fuck and wants gold. No, yeah, <laughs> I, like, I get that. I understand that. I don't understand you. <laughs> I'm a librarian, bitch. <laughs> I know shit, bitch. <laughs> oh, God. That's the one difference between her and Marion is that Marion can hold her fucking liquor. Well, yeah, that's also true. If we're going to compare the two, I think Marion's much more of a hard-nosed character. Marion's introduction to Indiana Jones is so good with her out drinking the fucking gigantic guy. Well, Rachel Weiss is just kind of like she's the intellectual, like right, yeah. So it's it's two very different but similar characters, uh, right? Because ultimately, it yields the same result, which is that like, yes, you're a damsel in distress. Yes, we have to save you because we are man. Hear us roar, but you are also competent enough that you are sexy. Because if you're just like you know classic Marilyn Monroe type character where you're just like a dumb blonde with big tits falling over yourself then like you know you're a liability and you're not you're not sexy for the mission you see oh so we're talking about Spielberg's wife well not her specific her character we can talk about Willie Scott yes we can talk we about- are not referencing Kate Capshaw as a human we are no. talking about Willie Scott yes because Willie Scott was completely incompetent and annoying and that's why everyone hates her that is true when you're less competent than a 12-year-old, 
There's a who whole... tells you to hold on to your potatoes. <laughs> That's how you know you're in trouble. But yeah, like, okay, if you think about it, the Mummy franchise does solve the problem, not necessarily a problem, but it solves that part of Indiana Jones in that Indy was always flitting about between dumb bitch to Nazi lady to dumb bitch. But we've settled that in the mummy where, yes, in the first movie, we find the woman that is perfect for our main guy and they stick together and go on adventures together for the exactly. whole franchise. Yes. So that's that's something. That is something, indeed. Even though they replace her in the third movie, apparently. But whatever. It's whatever. So... Evie reads in the Book of the Dead. Imhotep becomes alive again. Starts sucking the Americans for their... Uh, Juice. Their juices. <laughs> Not the juices. But yeah, he sta- Imhotep starts out as like a fucking CGI zombie mummy thing. It's it's rough. But it's not distractingly rough, I, I'll say. Like, I, it, it didn't bother me. But... Eventually, he does kill all the Americans and get yeah. all their juices and become corporeal again yeah. as a human being. Well, yeah, we're just basically glossing over it real quick because, it, again, the Americans don't matter here. Yeah, really. they really don't matter. They're just like extra meat sacks to kill. We just needed them to die. Yeah, we just we just need those pesky Americans to die. <laughs> yes, they are our sluts in a horror movie. Oh no, <laughs> they're they're here just to die. They're just here to drink bourbon, I... degrade women, and die. <laughs> so after the mummy is revived, we escape barely. When they finally do run away from the mummy, Rick just has like a fucking screaming match with the mummy. The mummy's like, and his response is, ah! <laughs> which made me laugh. But yeah, uh, Arneth Bay comes back and is like, okay, well now we have to deal with this shit, so get the fuck out of here. Like, you've done enough, go away. Oh, and the last thing I have to say about this is Benny joins the mummy and becomes his, like, lackey. Yes, because, you know, he doesn't want to die and stuff, and he wants gold. So he's like, okay, I'll join with you, evil guy that's killing everybody. Oh, this is where also, before shit really hits the fan, we get the introduction of this old guy. Yes. This this is what I was talking about before, where we introduce characters that we're supposed to care about, and then they immediately fucking perish. Oh, no. Oh, no. So sad. Introduce the guy. So we're drinking in the bar, and we meet Winston. Uh, Winston is an old Royal Air Force pilot for England, I guess, when England occupied Egypt. I think he's like the only guy there. I think he's like one. He's probably one of, if not like, very few people who are still here. He was there during the war, I guess, and then they they just stationed him there, and like he hasn't left, and he's yeah, yeah. He's just a curmudgeonly old, fumfering British dude who drinks a lot and is like, I should have died in the war. Oh, wow. I can only imagine what's going to happen now. He thinks he should have died in the war. Yeah, well. Christ. It's so annoying. (laughs) Plagues are happening around them, you know. Yeah. So after Imhotep sucks all the juices out of the Americans and becomes corporeal, then he's like, ha, 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 ha. I will take over Egypt, basically. And uh, shit gets real. All these plagues start happening. Locusts and, and floods and, and shit and water turns to blood and during all of this he sees evie and 
believes that Evie is the person he's going to sacrifice to get his love, Anaxuna Moon, back to life. Yes. And then when we're with everybody, all our friends here, you know, and we're talking about this and what the fuck we're going to do about it, Rick is very concerned, obviously. At one point, he, he grabs Evie and throws her over his shoulder and puts her in a bedroom. It's like, stay in there. You'll be safe there. Of course she won't because the stupid American guys are watching her before they die. But put her in the room. Stay there. You'll be safe there. That's his response. And he's known this girl for five minutes. And by the way, despite the fact that it was very boorish of him, it was also very hot when he threw her over his shoulder and threw her in the bedroom. I was like, whoa, are we about to get them like fucking right now? But that that was Rick's response. Her brother's response, who's known her her whole life, he goes, "Oh, that's tough luck, sweetheart." I'm like, "Excuse me, you just found out your sister's gonna be a human sacrifice." And you're like, "Oh well, tough luck, see ya." <laughs> <laughs> like he's like back to England. Oh, like God. what? I'm sorry. <sighs> so we're going through all of this. People are being made to be like zombies and they're chasing yes. our crew and finally Imhotep comes up to the four of them as they're all cornered yeah and he's like give me the girl <laughs> give me the girl and Evie's like I trust that you're going to save my life so I'm going to try and save yours right now I'm and gonna, I'm gonna buy you some time <laughs> and she goes with Imhotep who then tries to kill them anyway. They escape. It was really sad though. Like Rick was very upset and like trying to get to her. And it was really, it was good. I felt, I felt things. I well, like, yes. Oh, no. But then, you know, her fucking brother's just not saying a fucking word <laughs> on the side. Like, uh, do you well, say anything, dude? <laughs> well, uh, what's his name? Our, our Magi is holding Rick back. Yeah, it was sad. Like, hey, we need a better plan here. Rick just looks at the guy in Hotep and he's like, I'll be seeing you again. <laughs> I was like, ooh, ooh, uh, wouldn't want to get him pissed off. Exactly. <laughs> Unless, you know, right, you know, at the opportune time. Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it goes from 80s Kiefer to 90s Brendan Fraser. Yeah, like mid to late 90s Brendan Fraser. Early 2000s Ewan McGregor. Yes. Okay, so uh, we we found the chain and then, here. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I and then when I was thirteen, it was High School Musical. Zac Efron. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, film rage. <laughs> and we and we and we pieced all the things together about my psyche. <laughs> and we figured out why I picked Scott. <laughs> They're all charming. They are all charming. There you go. That's true. They are all charming and a little goofy. Yeah. And they all got to get their head in the game. <laughs> so we are now going back to Hamanoptera. Because that's where Imhotep is taking Evie. Ah, uh, yes. So they go to Winston. Yes. And, you know, Brendan Fraser gives the perfect trailer line to him. What's the challenge then? Rescue the damsel in distress, kill the bad guy, and save the world. Well, it's also great because at one point Winston goes, what does this have to do with the Royal Air Force? And Brendan Fraser goes, absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah, he's like, fuck it. <laughs> it really has nothing to do with them. But hey, Winston, you want to die for your country, right? Yes, exactly. So they go, uh, there's a wall of sand, hits their plane, Evie kisses Imhotep to distract him. They crash anyway. Winston's dead. Everybody else is fine. They literally hold on Winston for so long and they crashed in quicksand 
Of course, right? So th- they literally... He dies with a fucking smile on his face, this old, portly British gentleman in a plane. And then he slowly sinks into the quicksand. And it's like, you know, it's like we're watching the Titanic sink. It's like... It's just so stupid because <laughs> you're like, who the fuck is this guy? He's, I literally turned to Scott and I'm like, did we introduce Winston in the beginning of the movie? And I just forgot. He's like, no. I'm like, so we met this guy ten minutes ago. Who cares? <laughs> Why are we holding on this for so long? Part of me thinks it's a deleted scene somewhere. I mean, maybe, but it's just it. It felt weirdly stupid and out of place. We are finally here. Evie is. Tied to a table, Imhotep brings back Aksuna Moon's mummy, and he's going to stab Evie. Our good guys find the other Book of the Dead, the Book of Amun-Ra, or bo- the Book of Ra. I, I think that's what it was. It's the gold one, right? And he, they find the gold book, which yeah. is like the Book of Life or whatever. And they can't open it because Imhotep has the key. Oh, of course, in his robe or whatever. <laughs> and fucking... Evie go, says to Jonathan, like, the key's in his robe. And Jonathan, like, runs away. Like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> I'm here to be not Peter Capaldi and not Ewan McGregor. I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> uh, yes. While this is all going on, Brendan Fraser is having a sword fight, killing a bunch of mummies. Hot. Yes. He baseballs one skull at one point. Ah, uh, America. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Um... <laughs> It's, again, a lot of fun. He frees Evie at one All point. All to save his woman! Yes. Jonathan does eventually cause more mummies to come. As you do when you're Jonathan, I guess. But he does, with Evie's help, figure out how to control them. Yes. And they almost kill Rick. But then he gets them to kill a on the moon. Jonathan steals the key out of Imhotep's robes as Rick and Imhotep fight. <laughs> And they save the day, cause Imhotep to become mortal. Rick stabs him in the stomach. Fun. Day is saved. Everybody's happy. But Benny is stealing treasure while all of this is going on because Benny's still here. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah, they had a big, like, treasure reveal in the movie, too. Like, a big room full of treasure. And it was, like, beat by beat, the scene in National Treasure, where they reveal the big treasure room under the building or whatever like the big basement full of gold shit i was like really national treasure but then i'm like oh wait no national treasure was after this <laughs> indeed it was uh but yeah benny is running around like a scrambling scurrying little rat and i'm like can this guy just die already like they fake you out so many times that this guy's gonna die and finally as he fucks up and causes the whole place to start like closing off Benny gets locked in the treasure room, and he gets killed by scarabs. Our heroes ride away. Rick and Evie are together. They have the treasure that Benny had stolen, and our heroes, Jonathan, Evie, and Rick, ride off into the sunset. On the camels. (laughs) On their camels. End of movie. We are done. That is The Mummy. Indeed, indeed. I had a fun time with it. Here's my thing. Here's my, for lack of a better word, problem. Your problem, okay. Yes. Despite all the other stuff that we've talked about, like the CGI and the weird characters that don't matter and stuff like that, overall it's a fun time and I I had a good time watching it. 
I've noticed in the past with certain movies that we've watched that a lot of times when I really like a movie and I really, really like it, I will, if there's other movies, other things to look at, I will immediately want to look at them and like watch them. Did it with Mission Impossible. If you go back to that episode, did it with Batman. We just did a Batman episode and I watched Batman Returns like the same night just you know out of sheer like wanting to know more and wanting to see more of this franchise with the mummy i could have very easily watched mummy returns last night after we watched the first mummy but for whatever reason i was just like eh, i don't really need to and i feel like it's because while yes this is a fun time and i had fun with brendan fraser i feel like this isn't breaking new ground in any way this movie no and it's not it's not giving me anything I haven't seen before, really. Indeed. And if anything, it's it's just like we've been saying, it copies from other things, m- namely Indiana Jones. It is. Which, you know, despite the fact that this isn't a bad movie, I would say Indiana Jones does it a lot better. Well, yeah, it it, it is a diet Indiana Jones. So I think I will watch The Mummy Returns at some point, simply just to see, honestly, Brendan Fraser and see what he does with the character moving forward. But I I don't see myself watching the third one after the glowing recommendation you've given. But yeah, like I... I saw that in theaters. Oh no, poor baby. But yeah, like I think if I never saw the sequel, I'd be fine. This is the thing about movies like this. The Mummy ends perfectly. Right. I don't need another mummy. I got one. That's cool. That's fine. That's awesome. But I don't need another one. Yeah, well, I mean, you could say that about every fucking remake and reboot they've been doing over the past, like, 20 years. But, yeah, I would say it doesn't do anything new for the adventure genre. It doesn't do anything, like I said, groundbreaking. Maybe they thought with the technology at the time that in that way it was groundbreaking and that was enough. And maybe at the time it it was. I mean, clearly it was because it made a shit ton of money. But I I do still think it's worth watching just for Brendan's performance. I think it's really fun. And I think if you're just kind of having like a chill, lazy day and you want to just watch Brendan Fraser be funny, then like you can do that. I think you can very easily just find a compilation probably on YouTube of like Brendan Fraser and the mummy and saying funny shit. Like that's just as good. Indeed. I ended up giving this a three and a half out of five stars. Yeah, that's that's a fair, fair number. And I'm sure you gave it higher because you have a, a more nostalgic connection to this movie. Yes, because I've watched all these movies and I think I've watched all of them in theaters. <laughs> but yeah, I do have a very nostalgic connection. I, I, I rounded up. I think it's a 4.25. Okay. I, I rounded to a 4.5. All right. Because right. I have a lot of nostalgic memories. I've watched this movie a shit ton. <laughs> it's probably one of those movies that if I really tried hard enough, I probably could quote at least most of Brendan Fraser's lines. Mm-hmm. I will say it was it was very fun for me to watch you watch this movie because there were multiple times where you're like grabbing me and like, Whoa, wait, wait, watch this part, watch this part. And you were just like laughing out loud like multiple, multiple times. So... That made me happy, just watching you be happy. But, yeah, I mean, that's... Nostalgia is a hell of a drug, man. It is a hell of a drug. 
And if they ever did a fourth one, would I watch it? Yeah, probably. They might. They might do it because, I mean, he... Realistically, Brendan Fraser would have to get somewhat fit again if he was going to do The Mummy. Unless he was going to do it in like a cameo type capacity. Where he kind of passes the baton on to his son or something. I don't well, know if he would he feel like... to do that, but he did say that he would be interested in doing the franchise again. I think if we did it right, I don't know if we... Uh... You'd have to figure something out, and you'd have to figure out what capacity he's going to be in it. If he's going to be in it as kind of like a supporting character to his son or something... Or if he's, you know what I mean? Yeah, or if like he's, he's going to like be on the adventure. If he's going to, if if they want to do like a Last Crusade type thing, they could do something like that. But he would have to yeah. think about the physicality of it and what he's going to do about that. Also, you'd have to bring back Rachel Weisz. Yeah. Um, because. I, f- I feel like she probably would. She, she should. Because she knows it would make her money if she did. Yeah. Well, essentially, you know, but I don't know if that's ever going to happen. I think he's very good in doing his dramas right now. And we'll see. Yeah, he's definitely got other things coming up. I mean, just looking at IMDb, he's got like at least a few movies coming down the pike. So, I mean, I, I think he's very much in his comeback era, and that's good. Yes, the the Fraser Sans? Yes, the Fraser Sans, the Kihoi Kwana Sans. They the need to do a movie together. I really would love that. That would be so fun. I, I don't know what it would be, but they need to do something together. That would be so fun. Because the two of them are, like, right now the most likable people in, like, all of Hollywood. I mean, yeah, kind of. <laughs> so Hollywood, get on that. I don't know what it is, but someone get on that. They could be, like, two feuding neighbors. <laughs> do, like, a Romeo oh, do, like, a Romeo and Juliet thing. <laughs> oh, like, like their kids? Yeah, like, their kids, and they're the, they're the fucking, like, Montagues and the Capulets. But, yeah, I think he's a hot commodity right now because of the whale and because Scorsese snatched him up after that. And then I think there are other directors that clearly have snatched him up to do other things. I think if he plays his cards right, he could let this uh, comeback go for quite a while. Which is great. I hope it does. I hope it does last for however long he wants to act. Because you know what? He genuinely seems like a great guy. Yeah, he seems like a nice person. He seems like a... He is a good actor, so I mean... Yeah, you know. Like, does he have, like, some dumb movies? Yeah, but you know well, what? Well, everybody's got dumb movies. But, but but even still, those dumb movies, he's fun. Like... That's a sign of somebody good, though, I think. If you're in a shitty movie and you kind of stand out as, like... Even if in a stupid movie, you're having fun. And, like, if you're having fun, the audience will have fun with you. So, I think... If you acknowledge that and you get that, then you're in a good spot. So, yeah, I mean, who knows? The Mummy franchise, in some capacity, return someday with Brendan Fraser back on the board. But who who could say? Who could say? God we- knows Scott would see it in theaters. Probably. Yep. Which is sad to say, but uh, yeah. I would too, though, to be fair. I'd go see it just to see what, we, what they're going to do. Yeah. All right. So next week... Ooh, next week's going to be fun. I just remember what we're doing next week. Okay, so next week, we're going to have a guest on. It's going to be really fun, and it's going to be really bad, but in a, in a funny, cool way. And guess what? Guess what else, Scott? Your favorite. It's a musical. It's a musical. Yay! Hey. <laughs> I'm so excited. 
it's gonna be fun all right so uh until next week this has been shoot the flick i'm frankie sparks and i'm scott o'connell oh no make sure you check us out on instagram and twitter at shoot the flick and check out all of our episodes on itunes spotify google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast and make sure you come back next week for our musical lyrical movie adventure bye benny <laughs> Wee!